Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, I'm looking for my good buddy, Seth. Seth Robinson, are you out there? I'm here, safe and healthy. How about you? Uh, well, it's an odd time we're living in, isn't it? A lot has changed since our last volley. I mean, I think at our last volley, we still <laughs> thought we were doing CCF Live. <laughs> yes, exactly. A lot has changed. I'm nearly speechless, which is not good for the podcast, but it's just, uh, it's been a very strange week to two weeks. I was thinking when was la- last volley was two weeks ago, right? So mm-hmm. I don't think we were under the same conditions that we are today. That's for sure. No, no, it really kind of all started about a week ago. And then this week I think has been everyone trying to adjust to it. Yep. Yep. Six feet apart, stay home. It is surreal, though, I have to say. Um, it's been less of an adjustment for me just because, and we'll talk about this in our in our main part of the podcast, but because I already do work from home. But the, what I'm seeing from people you know, around me, um, some of the disruption to their lives, and then, of course, all the kids having to stay home from school. I only have you know one senior in high school, so it hasn't been a burden for me in terms of having to do child care and, and juggle work at the same time. But she's bored out of her mind and doing she can get all her e-learning, which is how they're dealing with this now, done in the first couple hours of the day. And then it's twiddling her thumbs like, what am I going to do? So I kind of I feel bad for her for that. Yeah, I'm surprised that my kids haven't been more bored. Uh, they get their schoolwork done. They do a few other things. I hardly ever, you know, see my son and <laughs> they seem fine, which has been you know, really fortunate for, for us. That's great. Yeah. I have a little a social butterfly of, of, a, of a daughter who still lives at home. And uh, so she's usually out and about all the time. And so yeah. this has been a, been a burden, been a burden. <laughs> that uh, all, all of the isolation that I uh, forced upon my children the past few years is finally paying off. So. It's paying off. You guys are prepared. You're preppers. Right. You're ready for this. <laughs> well, like you said, Everyone is working from home these days. Not not everyone, but a, a vast quantities of people are working from home now, and that's that's been a huge topic of conversation. And we were thinking that we would kind of talk about it here on Volley, uh, and more than anything, just share our own experiences. Because, like you said, you've been doing this for for quite a while. Um, I've been home part time uh, because of our our policies that we've had. And everyone has their own thing. Everyone has their own way of how they're going to get through this. And I thought it'd just be nice to kind of talk about what we've done, maybe anything we're doing differently. Uh, And I'm sure we've got different things that we're each doing, but uh, just kind of share our experience. Yeah, um, it's been um, us. I'd say I was uh, an early adopter of home working, put it that way. I was thinking back about my history my career. And I switched from newspaper journalism, non-tech, which required me to very much to be in a, uh, a newsroom every day to uh, working for a technology publication in IDG, for those of you who know um, that group out there in 1990, I want to say six, six or five. Uh, right when it was the internet was kind of like browsers and Netscape and everything were kind of becoming more mainstream. And by 1997, I was 
pregnant with my first daughter and I had, I was living in Boston, working in an office in Boston and we decided to move to New Hampshire because that's where my parents were. And, um, we were thinking be closer to the grandparents once the baby was born and, and it was Southern New Hampshire. So it's only an hour North, not even, um, where I originally moved from where we lived in downtown Boston, but a bitch of a commute to be perfectly honest. So I, uh, you know, I tried it and I was pregnant at the time and I would take the train in. I tried driving in. I did all that. And uh, it was it was not the most pleasant uh, experience, that's for sure. And so I finally it was dial up time. I should remind people. And for those of you who are not old enough to remember dial up, it was n- not not an ideal solution for connecting to the Internet. Um, but it did exist. And, and so I. um asked my boss at the time, you know, can I try a couple days a week at home so that I don't have to go through this arduous commute every day? And uh, he said yes. And there it began. And I did it. And it was worked for a couple days a week. And then uh, after I came back from maternity leave, I asked if we could do it full time. So now we're into 1998, early 1998. And uh, and he said, yeah, because, you know, it was working. Um, the technology was not great, but no, they didn't have great technology even in the office at the time. So it was not that big of a difference. And, and, and the type of work we were doing, it was mostly writing. It wasn't so, um, it, you know, the, the, the bandwidth requirements were not quite as much as they certainly are today. And, uh, and so, yeah, that's how it all started. Um, I'll let you speak now, Seth, but then I can get into some details of how it's really evolved for me over the years and, you know, what my day looks like. Yeah, you you were definitely an early adopter. Um, my situation was similar to begin with, where you know my first job was at IBM, uh, and we were doing a lot of uh, compute intensive stuff that translated into kind of bandwidth intensive. If you were trying to work from home, uh, even if you were looking at the servers, you know, back at work. You were dealing with lag as you, you know, moved shapes around on the chip or whatever. And, and so we were very flexible. Um, but primarily everyone was in the office. Uh, it was the easiest way to get work done. And obviously there were a lot of hallway conversations going on and, and things like that. And so we had, um, some remote staff. Uh, but largely, you know, we were, we were all just in the office. And then when I started working, at CompTIA, I, I went to full remote for, I guess, about the first six months until we moved here to Chicago. And then our I policy... Forgot about, I forgot about that. Not to interject, but I completely forgot about that. Oh, yeah. That yeah. You, yeah, that there was that half-year delay before you actually moved here. Right. Moved there. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. And when we were still in Minnesota, and so, you know, I switched from full-time into the office to full-time at home, really, you know, cold turkey. That was that was quite a transition. And I'd say I probably never even tried to really get myself set up because I knew I was moving. And then we moved here, and our policy here uh, at CompTIA's headquarters for a long time has been that you can get two days a week at home. Uh, and so for a long time, I had those two days and um yeah i'll talk about that experience more too because that was a, a pretty long period of kind of figuring out how to make it work um when it when it wasn't full-time and it was only part-time i think i did some things that 
I should have done earlier. You know, it took me a, a long time to kind of get used to it, but over time I kind of figured it out and I, I like it at home. Um, I probably wouldn't do, you know, a full five days here. Um, but with the nature of our work right now, um, you and I are the ones that probably work together, you know, more than I work with almost anyone else. Um, and you're not here. So, so yeah, whether I'm here or in the office, my, my work tends to be about the same, but yeah, that's my story. So, so yeah, you've had a lot longer of kind of seeing technology change mm-hmm. um, and and getting used to the idea. So like, what have been some of the things that have worked for you? I mean, honestly, just the changes in the internet connection are probably the biggest, um, have made the biggest impact on working from home and making it easier. I mean, obviously in the last five years or so, we've had such an acceleration of the use of video and and collaboration tools. And that's changed everything. I mean, now, honestly, that makes it easy for almost anyone in specific job uh, roles to be able to work from home. Uh, It streamlined it for there were a lot of bumps in the road early on in terms of connectivity. Um, For one year of my life, this is funny story. So for one year of my life, I moved from one town in in New Hampshire to uh, a a home in um, another part of New Hampshire. And I was renting for a year um, and was then moving after that. But they neglected to tell me that they didn't have Internet. And so we moved in and I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to work? I mean, literally, this was the biggest surprise ever. So I forget what my solution was. It was, we got satellite or something or other. Uh, and it was a year of really bad connectivity. And I had a very, very sympathetic employer at the time because I would drop a lot. And so that was awful. Um, but you know, it's, I'm very used to it. I I will say this from a psychological standpoint, it working from home is not for everybody. Uh, I, it it works for me. Um, I, I'm, I'm good working by myself. I tend to be productive in spurts and I like to just be, I don't need the office camaraderie. I sound like a horrible introvert because people who know me know I'm not, I'm really not an introvert, but, um, but it's just, there's, there's something about what I do, and I suppose that makes a big difference, is a lot of writing and focusing in that way, whereas if it, there are certain types of jobs where that's just not conducive to working from home. And then I also think um, you you need to be a responsible employee, and that's one thing I've learned over the years. I've had many different bosses over this 20-year time period, some who would be very concerned about you know what, what was happening at home, logging your time, and others who are not. And once you've proven yourself, now I'm an older person in the workforce, so I sort of have a track record. But I do believe for, for, for employers who are hiring new people, uh, younger people, it's, it's probably a good idea to see how they work in an office first and then transition them if they, into a, a, a home environment. And I... I kind of, I, you know, I'm hesitant to say that because I want to be able to say, hey, work from home is the same as working in an office and everybody should be able to do it. But I want to emphasize the point that it's not for everyone. And employees will tell you some people don't want to work at home at all. And there's a large swath of people that don't want to do that. They like to be in the office. Um, so I think it needs, it's an individual thing and you kind of figure out like what type of person you are. Yeah. Yeah. A couple, couple things that I'd say in response to 
you know, your experiences there is, you know, the, the internet obviously is the linchpin of, of making mm-hmm. all of this work. And I think a lot of people today have pretty decent internet into their house. You know, the more rural you get, the less that might be true. But even with the decent internet coming in, I think a lot of people might not know exactly how to like make the Wi-Fi work for them. Um, and, and a lot of people run into issues with dead spots in their house or, you know, the, the internet not being as stable as, as they might want. And I think it can be surprising to people to find out that you actually have to replace some of that equipment, like the, the Wi-Fi router or whatever on a, a pretty regular basis, like more, more than you might think. I think our IT department suggests like every couple of years. And I know, if I see, you know, internet problems starting to happen and I feel like we've had our router for two or three years, the first thing that I usually do is just buy a new one um, before I try to do any debugging. And then even just the physical placement in the house, if you're closer to the router, that's better. Depending on where the router is, it could be providing better coverage. If you really need solid connectivity, um, the best way to do is just hardwire, you know, right into the the router and not, not do, not do Wi-Fi. You know, we've had to play around with it, you know, quite a bit here, but I think we've gotten to a point where we've got the bandwidth we need. It's stable. We've got the equipment we need. And, and I think we're, we're good to go to your point about, you know, being responsible and kind of figuring out your personality, I think as a remote person, I think that that figuring out of your personality is a huge part of it. And I agree with you. Some people ultimately figure out this isn't for me. I I would never want to do this full time. But even if you want to do it full time or you want to do it part time, I think there is a stage of figuring out how can I be productive? You know, what are my what are my signals that it's time to push away for a minute or um, try to connect with somebody or do something different? Um, Mm -hmm. because the, the default is you sit at your desk, you know, you're staring at your screen and you go heads down in your work. And it's very, very different, I think at home than it is in an office environment where you've got some natural distractions. Uh, you've got meetings that might be happening. Um, you know, obviously if you're remote, you might be calling into those meetings, but I think there's just a lot of little things that every individual needs to do to kind of figure out what works for me, what doesn't work for me. You know, like I have figured out that I need to push away pretty frequently, you know, and then come back to it. Um, My wife doesn't need to push away from her desk very much at all. So, you know, we've had to figure out that whenever I'm ready for a little break, that doesn't mean that I can go and bother her. But everyone's different. Yeah, that's a challenge having two. I've never had that instance where it was two people working at home. Um, it's always been me working at home and everyone leaving for the day. Mm-hmm. So I spend a lot of time by myself. But now I have a cat, so I, I have him to keep me company. But there were two things you brought up, though, that I that I want to um, I want to hit on. And one was about the technology part of it. The downside, one of the downsides of working from home, is you you are on your own in some respects. You have to work a lot harder to get support and assistance, and oftentimes. You're the one who's just got to drive to Staples and go buy the new router and then figure out how to install it. You don't get – now, I'm not I'm not demeaning help desk and IT staff at all. This just is the logistical reality of it um, is, you you know, you, you've got to learn to be your own kind of help desk sometimes. And, you know, you're a technology-oriented person. 
I was not. So I've learned a lot of things over the years and I'm still really bad at setting things up and it's, it's, but I'm, I've gotten better. Um, so that can be frustrating. Um, when things break, uh, today, you know, if you're in the office, you can go see somebody and they can fix it. Uh, for me, if something breaks, I can I make a phone call and they tell me go to the Apple store, you know, <laughs> and mm-hmm. go to the Apple and then expense it or whatever it is. So it, it's definitely, um, that is definitely a downside um, is that you don't have somebody right there in the office to help you with specifics. I was going to um, say real quick on um, yeah. what you just mentioned about support. I, yeah. I think that especially you know now when a lot of things are getting cut off, I think it's maybe good to think through a lot of the things that you mentioned. Like if I have a problem where can I go and begin at least asking yourself that question? You know, hopefully a lot of IT departments are, are being very proactive with this and, and giving people support options and describing what, what needs to happen. But to your point, if you're, if you're disconnected from that IT department, what's your backup plan? And, and I think that, you know, you and I have both had experiences where we run into something and we pretty quickly have to think of the backup plan. And so, especially now in this period, you know, I would say thinking through that ahead of time and kind of knowing, Mm -hmm. you know, what you might do, you know, if you lose connectivity, if this happens, if that happens, you know, how you can at least let people know, I think that's all good stuff. Well, the other weird thing that's happened to me on this same subject is power outages. So I live in New Hampshire, as many volley listeners at least will know by now, and we have pretty harsh winters and all our power lines are above ground. And so there have been times we've literally lost power for days. And in those cases, and and, and, I'm, and and it's not just a case where you can go to Starbucks. I'm talking towns will lose power for days. So you, you know, you're kind of out of luck then. And then you have to have some contingency plan. Make sure your cell phone is charged and you have a generator and things like that. So you can at least contact your employer and say, hey, uh, I'm off the grid for the, for the next few days and, and there's nothing I can do about it. So there's those sort of act of God things that happen um, that impacts remote workers quite a bit. On the flip side, uh, when we have snow days, for instance, and then their people can't get to the office, everybody gets can work from home and uh, and keep running as long as the power doesn't go out. Um, so it, 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of trade offs when it comes to those things that are um, out of your control. I wanted to ask you about something that was was probably the biggest thing that I didn't figure out in you know the first six months that I was at home before we moved here and then even after we moved here and I was doing the part-time thing and I very much felt like a nomad like well I'm, I'm here a little bit I'm there <laughs> a little bit I can be wherever it's it's cool it doesn't matter but I think I kind of missed how important it was to have a physical environment that felt conducive for me and obviously that's going to be different for everyone too some people can maybe throw their laptop on the kitchen table and be good to go I think I was trying to do that for a long time and I didn't realize how much of an impact it was. And then I finally got to a point of, you know, kind of creating my desk, you know, putting the personal touches, you know, whatever, making it kind of feel like my space. And and that made a huge difference for me. Yeah. Um, it seems to me that, and I'm an outlier here because it seems to me that most 
people who work a lot at home or full time at home create either have an elaborate offer office or create a space that is very much their office office uh, with all the trappings. I'm the kind of person I have a space, you know, I've got I'm all set up. But I'm also the kind of person who, for many years, when I was working from home, literally was that kitchen counter kind of person. And I'm, I'm fully comfortable in either setup. Uh, so I can, you know, I, I, I can, tr- I travel a lot, Seth, as you know. And so uh, I can work like that and I could work like that at home, the same sort of setup, like just flip the laptop open on the kitchen counter and get some stuff done. Um, that's just me, though. I'm sort of a, um, I don't know how to describe myself. Not disorganized. I'm just, uh, I, I don't need a lot of form and function around me necessarily. Uh, but I I see all my colleagues who work from home and we do video and I'm like, wow, look at their really cool home office. <laughs> <laughs> and then I look around in my space and I was like, okay, I got like, you know, soda cans over here and coffee mugs and this and that. And it's not all, um, no, I know some people probably spruce it up from the video and all of that but uh no i haven't um invested in one of those those things you put behind you to make it look like you're in a broadcast studio or anything of that nature so this is definitely a personal thing you know at the end of the day it's really whether you can get your work done and you're doing a good job and it really doesn't matter like you know personally how you set up your space i think but um i think you and i are very different in terms of what we you know, what we require physically in terms of our uh, office setup. Yeah, I I think that I started off, like I said, thinking that I could just throw the laptop open wherever. And in a lot of ways, I can be productive like that, but I think kind of short term. I, I think over the long term, it helps me to have a space yeah. that's set up that I can, you know, feel like, okay, I'm entering my workspace now. Um, and I can still deal with some distractions and, and sometimes I actually need to get away from that space and just kind of mix it up a little bit. But it took me a little while to kind of figure out how important it was to set something up a little bit and, and feel like I was working rather than, um, maybe limping along. Well, I agree with you on this, and um, this is another way back in the day anecdote where this that was a problem for me. Is when I first did work from home twenty years ago, I lived in a small condo, and there was no place to set up an office. So I had a desk. I had a very big bed- bedroom, and I set up my desk there. And so I got up, you know, and had breakfast or whatever, and then I would just be in my bedroom. And, and that was not good. Um, I found we, I, I did that for a couple of years before we finally moved to a place where I could have an office that was separate from where I slept. And, uh, and that was, that was not a good setup. So I would, anyone do not, if you can, you know, avoid it, don't do your home office work in the same place that you sleep every night. It's, um, it'll eventually drive you crazy. So it is good to have a space. I think where I've benefited over the years is that I don't have other people in the house. So I can be, I like being in a kind of a big room, a main room in my home. I like being able to look out the window. I don't want to be in a smaller room office. And I don't have a lot of distraction because I don't have people here. Even when my kids were little, they went to daycare. So they were out of the house because I don't know. Back in the day, people thought, oh, you could 
you know, have your kids in the house, little ones and work at the same time. And I was like, are you crazy? That's just, that doesn't work at all. At least, you know, babies and two year olds and three year olds. It's just, that's not feasible. So my kids always went to daycare outside of the home while I worked in the home, which maybe sounds counterintuitive, but it worked and it was the only way to do it. So for that reason, I didn't have those distractions. So I was able to focus no matter where I was, kitchen counter or the living room or wherever I happened to set up at the time. I'm pretty stable now. I've had a stable setup now for for a long time since I've been working at CompTIA and even earlier than that. But it all, it, it evolves. I think that's the message I want to get, get across. It evolves. And that's, with the technology tools changing, those, you know, the way that you work evolves as well. All of this is just a, one big evolution. Sure, it's an adjustment for people who work full time at a headquarters right now and are being told that they have to work from home. That's uh, that's a tricky, very quick adjustment to make. Yeah, yeah, and obviously we're in um, extreme circumstances here. You know, where people don't have many choices with school or or daycare or whatever they might have. You know, they're 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 having to deal with a lot and and also deal with you know the the anxiety of of this whole situation going on. But I think the last thing that I wanted to touch on uh, that we've, we've kind of talked about a little bit here and there is just the, the schedule. And I guess I would add into that sort of your availability and, and how you manage it and, and who you tell because it's pretty easy with the technology today to be constantly available. Um, mm-hmm. And I think everyone kind of has to figure that out in their own situation. Some jobs might require constant availability. But a lot of jobs don't, uh, and it's easy to fall into the trap of being constantly available and you know responding on your phone if you've stepped away from your laptop or or things like that. And I think there are so many tools out there, you know, whether you're dealing with you know your presence indicator on Slack or Teams or whatever you're using, or if you just tell people where you're going, or if you just choose yourself, kind of what the filter is and which things to respond to and and which things not to until you get back to your desk. But I think that's a huge, huge part of it. And I I think that that kind of can, can lead to a lot of mental stress if you're trying to be constantly available. Uh, And, and I think there are a few guardrails that everyone can kind of throw up for themselves so that they don't just use the technology to its, you know, fullest advantage. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Um, you have to set some boundaries. And it depends on the type of work that you do. Uh, in our work, I really believe uh, that presence is less important than productivity and results. And that's what's important in, in, in the particular job. I'm responsive. Uh, we, we are so lucky to have tools now where you know, your phone, you can get your messages, you can, you don't necessarily have to be tethered to your desk. But I do believe you need, especially in working from home, you have to set some boundaries. You either have a schedule for your day or I tend to be a little bit more loose in terms of I'll work, 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 work for a few hours and, you know, I'll, I'll step away for a few, for, not for a few hours, for a bit, take a break, come back. And then I will work in the evenings. When I had small children, I didn't. But now I can, sometimes I'm the most productive, you know, later in the evenings. And everyone else has already gone home for the day. So I don't get a lot of messages from people. And so for those few hours that I might work in the evening, I can get that deep type of work that you need to get done done. But 
and this is the, this is the this is the wild card is you don't know what type of manager you're going to have and some, they all have different psychologies about how they expect you to be in terms of responsiveness and if you you know hopefully luckily you have people who are open to you setting some kind of boundaries with them i think we work in the tech industry so of course we're leaders in terms of working from home and and how that all operates. And so I think it's a little easier for those of us who are in this industry to be able to create boundaries. And there's, and there's just built in expectations and non expectations that already exist. Uh, For those people out there who are not in the tech industry, who are suddenly having to work from home and, and managers in in those industries that just to them, it's anathema, they don't understand it. Um, I think that that becomes much more difficult. And you have to sort of set a you know, a set of rules and regulations, I guess, that work for, for those industries. Um, I know when I first started working from home, my dad who ran a manufacturing company. Of course, those people needed to be there because they were running machines. And he he just couldn't believe, he was like, what? You mean you don't have to see your boss every day? He doesn't know that you're sitting there? You know, those sort of things. He was completely, you know, uh, he, incredulous. Um, but I, you know, I, I think, um, to your point, Seth, you do have to have some sort of either written or unwritten rules in your head and with your, and with your team about how you work and respond and, 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 and then make some sort of division between your work life and your personal life. Well, uh, it's tough times right now and I know everyone's got their own situation. Hopefully this discussion maybe helps people a little bit. We're certainly sending our best wishes and positive thoughts out to everyone listening um, as, as we're all trying to figure this out together. Uh, CompTIA is actually pulling together quite a bit of information about remote work. If you're on the more technical side, we had a blog post go up this week, and we're having a LinkedIn Live session today uh, around you know how to make sure that your network is prepared for all of the, the traffic that it's going to see. Uh, if you're more on kind of the business owner manager side, I've got a blog post coming up uh, today that talks a little bit about thinking through some of the technology strategy and cultural strategy for these things. Uh, so encourage everyone to, to check those things out. Try to put some links in the show notes. And uh, my friend, I guess I guess we'll see where we are in another two weeks. Yes, yes. Hopefully things will start to um, improve. Um, but, uh, in the meantime, everybody stay healthy and safe and wash your hands a lot. All right. Well, you take care and, uh, I'll talk to you again soon. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.